Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast, episode 15-4. We're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernil. And every week we hang out and listen to great video game music of all generations and all consoles. And we have a great time, don't we, Pernil? Well, I don't want to get beat, so I'm going to go with yes. Though I will say today, and I guess yesterday, it's like... I feel, is it just me or are you suffering from like weather confusion as of late? Because I'm what? sitting here in like a hoodie with no shirt and it is killing me right now. <laughs> it's too hot. I am missing the sun is what I'm missing. That is true too. But, but let's get right into what we're doing with today's show. We have um, three members of the band Gunblade X on the show to, to hang out with us. Hello, everyone. Everyone talk at the same hey, time. Hi. hi. <laughs> Hello. Um, so uh, why don't we go around uh, the table? Why don't you introduce yourselves? Um, we'll start with uh, CJ. Hey there, I'm CJ, and I am the guitarist for Gunblade X and uh, Fearless Shredder in general. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'm Noah. I'm the keyboardist for Gunblade X. Uh, I am Mark. I am the vocalist for Gunblade X, and uh, yeah, I just love to sing. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so uh, why don't you tell us about about Gunblade X? Like maybe in the name or, or how you guys uh, uh, put it together, or or um, maybe who was who's brainchild? Who who birthed who birthed this? band who did this thing someone raise your hand (laughs) that would be me okay Uh, this started out actually as a project between me and uh master swords matt farkas yes Uh, and uh we were trying to just he had master sword at the time and he wanted to do stuff that wasn't zelda related so we put together this project which was originally called rainbow road um but uh yeah weird um but then he decided to be a little more serious with master sword and um then me and a couple of the other people that were in the band mm-hmm. uh, added some other members and eventually chose Gunblade X as the name. Gunblade being a reference to sort of a fantasy weapon, Final Fantasy VIII sort of thing, and X kind of like Mega Man X. It's just a very 90s video game weird title yes. sort of thing. I think it's kind of funny because I was sitting here waiting for you to get to the Gunblade part like, if he doesn't say Final Fantasy VIII, I will be very <laughs> surprised and quite intrigued at the same time. So, so like, so like, um, um, oh my gosh, Matt Farkas. You're having a brain fart. I am, I am. It meant Matt Farkas from which group again? Master Sword. Master Sword. Okay, so, yeah, so like Master Sword. I almost said Random Battles, but no, no. Who, they've been guests on your show, I yes, believe. Yes, they have, yeah, and they were awesome. Absolutely. Um, but so they also um, add vocals to Zelda music. So is that something you wanted to continue with this project as well? Absolutely. The idea was that, especially at the time that we started, which I'm not going to say when it was, it's been a long time, uh, there weren't a lot of vocally driven video game music bands. It was a lot of instrumentation. You pretty much had guys like the Megas and the yeah. Proto Men, and, and there just wasn't much else. So we were like, why don't we add that vocal element? People like to sing along, and you know, you can only dance to so much instrumental music and there's only so many you know medleys you can do let's try and do something different and that was the idea i have to say even in current in the current climate though i feel like when it comes to vgm covers vocals are still not extremely common so i think you still feel a pretty decent niche for yourselves there with it 
I mean, that's what our hope is. Yeah, I, I hope we keep doing vocals or else I'm out of the band, I guess. <laughs> no, he'll just hand you a jug and you start blowing into it. You can be the jug member. I've I, I played pretty mean tambourine. Every band that we've had on, I've, I've you know, just put that out there. If you guys need a tambourine player, I have, I have an electric tambourine I can, I can rock out. And I threw around with the spoons. <laughs> I have a friend who actually has an electric kazoo, which is always hilarious to me. Wait, what? That exists? What? That sounds dangerous. Yes. <laughs> well, we have another saliva-based electric kazoo death. I don't know how this keeps happening. <laughs> All right, so and Mark um, owns one of those. What's it yeah. called? Um, an a, automaton. Oh, whoa! You have one of oh, those automaton. Automaton. Yeah. yeah, I did get one. Yeah, and, and he has a small one for his daughter. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Like I have a, a there's a game that was on like the DS way back called like Otamarama, which I bought and I didn't realize until years later that it was based on the Otamato. <laughs> so, oh, so I put this man. thing on YouTube. I was like, what the heck? They made instruments from that game. <laughs> I got it way backwards. I love that thing though. All right then. So so the the lyrics then is is that, is it still you, Mark, or is it like a like a group project putting the lyrics together? Uh, it, it's a basically a group effort for the most part. I, you know, I, I'm not necessarily the most creative person when it comes to uh, that that sort of thing. But uh, give me a spark with, you know, give, get, lay down a certain uh, base uh, set of lyrics or or a theory, a theory or a theme, and uh, and we kind of run with it and see what fits. Cool. Yeah. There's that. a lot of uh, sort of like. Maybe Noah or I will come up with like a song form and maybe some basic lyrics, but generally we hand it over to Mark and be like, all right, this is our idea, but neither of us are singers, so you fix it so that it makes sense. Because a lot of times it doesn't, and that is uh, partly due to the fact that neither of us are uh, singers by a trade. So, Shrug, what are you going to do? Also, these melodies are really hard to fit to vocals. I mean, most, my... I've been singing almost as long as I've been playing keyboard. <laughs> so, I'm just a mean when it comes to what I'll write for a singer though. Okay. Fair enough. Alright, well let's start listening to some music. I think Pernell said that we, we wanted to make our theme dragons, but... Yes. Okay, so the first track we have is from you guys. It's from the game Super Metroid and this is called Ridley's Theme for the Super Nintendo uh, composed by Kenji Yamamoto. So let's give this one a listen and we'll come back chat some more. <laughs> You're listening to Ridley's theme from the game Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo, composed by Kenji Yamamoto. All right, so very um, 
tense. Very, very tense, very scary track. So uh, who, who picked this one out? All the tracks were picked by CJ, basically. <laughs> okay. oh, oh, so if there's a good track, <laughs> CJ picked it. But if it's a bad track, CJ picked it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I got to be honest, Super Metroid is on my list still um, to play. So many people love this game, and I still, I still haven't gotten around to trying it out yet. Got to bump it up. Uh, so so what made you choose uh, Ridley's, Ridley's name? Well, whenever I think about dragons, there's like two types of dragons I think of, and it's like your very generic fantasy dragons, and then sort of the everything else. There's this primal thing in us for uh, in every culture. There's dragons, and uh, you know what shape that dragon takes is very reflective of the culture that you have that you're looking at, whether it be various Asian cultures like China and Japan, uh, and indigenous cultures in North America, the Inca, the Aztec, native peoples in the Mississippi tribes and stuff like that, Mm. or nations, I should say, sorry. Um, So I love that. And I like this interpretation of a dragon, technically a space pirate in the canon, I suppose, Mm. but there's no denying it's the, the, the head, the claws, the wings. This is a dragon that is fighting you in a space game. And I think that that's awesome. An intelligent dragon of that yeah. really doesn't Absolutely. screw around. Yeah, a difficult enemy comes around multiple times and is really just a great arch enemy, if you will, even more so, I think, so in some ways than the mother brain. Oh, by uh, far. Like, I feel like in the original Metroid, they made mother brain out to be the head honcho, which she was. That's the, I'm not going to lie. But in all subsequent games, Ridley was clearly the arch nemesis. Like, Mother Brain, I mean, I'm pretty sure she was in Super Metroid, but I barely remember her. Like, it didn't even click for me. But really, sticks out like a, well, as he should, because he's a beast. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take it that all three of you are prime, like, prime fans of Super Metroid, though, right? So I'm the imposter in the band, <gasps> by <What>? far. <laughs> um, in only in that I have had the most limited contact with most of the games that we that we cover and play um and you know growing up i had eventually got a gamecube before that i had a playstation and eventually my brothers got an xbox um but i was only allowed to play video games on the weekend ah and you know so eventually like there was a good gap of time somewhere in like late high school up until like college where I played almost no video games. Um, so that's that's my shocking revelation for the show. Did you ever so, pull off any like secret game playing scenarios? Like, okay, mom, I'm just going to the you know, the bathroom for two hours. Yeah. Don't mind where I'm at. Like I'm sneak just... out to the arcade. <laughs> I mean, I, I won't. Well, I was in the suburbs where it's sneaking out to any arcade. First of all, where would one be? But second of all, like... <laughs> I wouldn't have a way to get there, and you know, as as for me sneaking off to the bathroom for two hours, I you you told me not to say anything dirty on this show. <laughs> well uh, played. But uh, no, I, the only Metroid game I really ever played was uh, Metroid Fusion, which was a lot of fun. I really loved that game. It is legit. It's pretty good. I will say, if you love Metroid Fusion and you haven't played Super though, definitely take a crack at emulation or something mm-hmm. if you have to, because like I've played them both. Metroid Fusion is quality, but I feel like Metroid Fusion was like them saying, hey, people really miss Metroid. Let's try to make a game like it, but sort of not. (laughs) And it doesn't capture this exact same essence of gameplay that Super Metroid gives off. 
both are great okay. games, though. Well, I think that, that well, what you mentioned about like, not having the exposure to the game or not having the, 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 the shared nostalgia of your bandmates kind of gives you a different perspective on the music itself. So what about the music interests you? Well, that, that's what I hope the positive spin is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, mostly, it's I, I try and definitely have the perspective of like, you know, we're, we're covering a lot of different music. Um, you know, like there are some bands such as, you know, um, Master Sword or the Megas where like where they're taking from is, is relatively limited um, or Metroid Metal. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you know, if you like the Metroid games and you like the music, you'll like Metroid Metal. Um, and what I really try and push for is making sure that whatever we do, it's accessible because we can't depend on having a crowd that's super familiar with every game that we're covering. Yeah, and I do want to say, I, I do a, think Metroid Metal and like Master Sword both do a great job of like making their music super accessible to whoever, oh. but that's kind of yeah. what I try and 100%. that's the perspective I try and do. Cause like sometimes, um, some people will be like, well, everyone loves this music. And I'll be like, which music are we talking about again? <laughs> yeah, like, I went to see Steel Samurai at, at a convention, and I love watching them play because they, they cover music that's generally not not super well-known outside of our little nerdy sphere. Yeah. And so they, they announced, oh, we're going to play this song from Gimmick. And it, and it is literally an unused track from a game that never came out to the States. But it's one of my, my favorite, favorite track from what they do. Yes, same here. S mod is legit. Yeah, um, it is. Strange memories of death, and it's so good. But like, as soon as they announced it, I was like, "Woo, yeah!" And then like everyone around me, who is probably around your age, uh, CJ, no, <laughs> no uh, offense, but no one knew, no one knew like what it was. And so people get a little bit more excited when like, okay, uh, you know, Sonic music is starting to play. Well, I can't Final say Fantasy. this to make CJ feel a little better. I'm ancient. And I had no idea what gimmick was when I first heard Strange Memories of Death by Steel Samurai. And it was still on the peak of my list. Like, this song is awesome. What game is this from? It's from Gimmick. What the heck is Gimmick? And then I had to go learn. And that's an angle that I'm not sure how many other people take on this whole hobby and this whole concept. But I feel like though the nostalgia is awesome. Like if you're like, hey, we're going to play this track for Mega Man X. Yeah, I'll get geeked about it. But if you play something from a game I'm not familiar with, but you make it sound hot, it's going to make me want to learn more about the game because I like the music so much. That's how it should flow. So, like, you don't need the nostalgia. You don't need anything. Now, in the case of Rob, we're buddies, so I'll tease him for it. Yeah. But ultimately, <laughs> he doesn't need it as long as you can appreciate it. That's all that matters. Right. So, in the, um, in the spirit of trying to find rare gems... And, and some deep cuts. I'm going to play a track from an arcade shooter called Cyvern, the Dragon Weapons. And this is a top-down shooter where you ride a metal dragon, and it is the most metal thing ever. It's <laughs> uh, produced by Kanako and is composed by Katsuya Yoneda, and this is the Stage 1 music.
listening to stage one from the game Cyvern, the Dragon Weapons, for the uh, arcade, that's Iconico arcade system from 1998. This one's composed by Katsuya Yoneda. Um, it definitely has futuristic slash western slash whatever, but I, I love vertical shooters so much, and this has got some crazy stuff going on. Yeah, you're, you're basically, I guess you're like cybernetic bio-dragons, and you're blasting I think you modern-day tech? I think you ride one. I think you've tamed the cybernetic um, cool dragons. I wonder if that will require use of an electric kazoo of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> like a Pied Piper situation. If you, Okay, so here's, here's, a, here's a silly question for the band. If you could have, like, a robotic animal that you would either be like your pet or you would ride it like what what would your animal be like your heavy metal cyber animal so you hit him with a capybara for sure capybara <laughs> oh capybaras are the best love to own one um oh man i feel like i feel like the most useful thing would be something that's actually like i, I guess an ape yeah oh, yeah like like a giant ape or like 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 a normal sized ape just happens to be like a cybernetic normal sized ape. It's a normal sized ape. I feel like it would be the most helpful. Yeah, that's true. He can help you lift boxes. Yeah, he can drive the car sometimes. Help you lift boxes. Help you lift groceries. He can help you throw um, barrels. Throw lift barrels. A lot of lifting. That's yeah, good. Eh? Save your back. <laughs> yeah, what, what comes to my mind. Uh, a, a big cat like uh, you know like battle cat battle cat absolutely <laughs> I'll ride him around <laughs> obviously you have to have one now being the guy who throws this random question hey, I know right uh, it would be a bird it would be like um, an eagle cyber eagle so I can dig that that, See, would, that sounds like a cool game too I feel like I'm in a similar boat like if I wanted if I was going for most useful it would have to be a flying creature so it would be like, like, a, like a probably like an eagle or like a falcon but if I wanted the most rocking animal would be a cyber sloth a cyber why would that be the most rocket animal why not it's lazy <laughs> it's slackish it does what it wants when it wants and it's usually sleeping like what i want to do most of the time yeah, so you but he's a, made of metal so you want a, a cyber buddy yeah we'd be hanging out drinking sodas together and just taking naps like all the time so, be great. so wait are you saying if it wasn't a sloth you feel like your cyber animal would leave you and not be your buddy <laughs> no we'd be buddies because we're both equally lazy oh we'd okay. almost compete for who's the laziest <laughs> But if it was like a dragon, it'd be like, you're too lazy. I'm going to go. Yeah, dragons want honor and nobility. They want a guy who's going to go up there and just like trash. He's like, I know I could destroy this town and just burn it to the ground. But I want to see what the human can do. Yeah. Whereas the sloth is like, eh, you do what you want. I don't really care. Yeah, that, that, you know, Mark's, <laughs> Mark's big cyber cat will handle whatever needs to get handled. I'll just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> but then you get stuck in the road with the cyber sloth and you need to like, someone needs to come and pick it up. So like. Noah's ape has to like come and like move it out of the road because it's too slow. Oh no, he's cyber. The cars will crash into it and they'll get destroyed. <laughs> this is a well-built cyber slough, man. He's no slouch. <laughs> Gets it in. I just wish that we could combine them all together like a Voltron animal, but it would just be really weird looking. Modifications, <laughs> it can be done. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I can only imagine that like you'd have all these like mostly furious animals the main part of the body would probably be like the ape, and then there'd be like this sloth arm and this stinky capybara leg. <laughs> like, our animals will be the one area one constantly wants to reject. Like, we don't need them in the form of the boat. Come on, the sloth is capable! 
He'll he'll help you feel well rested after the battle. I mean, what's not to want? He's great. He wants to just be included. Okay, don't don't reject him. The sloth, the cyber sloth, just wants to be part of a family, <laughs> a cyber family. Mecha sloth. All right, Pernell, what is your first track on the show? Well, with the yeah. topic being dragons, yeah, I think this first track was one where I went out on a limb for it in a weird way, and I'll explain why afterwards. But uh, the track is from a game that I'm sure most have heard of but have blocked from their memories. It is called Sonic and the Black Knight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, track, the track title is called Dragon's Lair and is composed by Howard Drossen. Or Drossen. Welcome back. You're listening to Dragon's Lair from Sonic and the Black Knight, composed by Howard Drossen. And that should not surprise you if you're familiar with this man's work, because this thing is a hard-hitting beast of a jam, and it makes you think when you hear it that you're going to be plowing through wave after wave of demonic or draconic beasts at a rapid pace, high-speed Sonic style. I'm assuming that's what you would think, but you'd be wrong, because that is not what happens when this track plays in the game itself. But it doesn't diminish the fact that the actual tune is spectacular. That does sound like modern Sonic to me. There's awesome music and nothing going on. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, it's odd. Like, uh, when the Wii, first Wii Sonic game came out, it was Sonic and the Secret Rings. I bought that, 
And originally I was like, you know, this game isn't very good, but as I played more and unlocked abilities, and I was like, you know, by the end of this, I actually appreciate it, because this is pretty cool. And I guess the game sold enough, despite the ratings, that it's, it was like, you know, we're going to continue this trend. We had Sonic and Arabian Nights, now we're going to come up with the Sonic Storybook right. series. And the first game will be Sonic and the Black Knight. And that game was better to even keep me away from it. It was a freaking turd. It's like Sonic gets a sword, and he runs, and he just stops and has a sword fight. Like, Sonic didn't do that! <laughs> didn't do that! I feel like, I feel like people haven't figured out what Sonic should be doing. I will say by now, they definitely have. It took them way too freaking long to figure it out. But um, I think some of these more recent ones have finally now. Generations specifically, I think. Or Sonic Forces, show. right? No, no. Let, let's not speak of that. Wait, that, that just came out. Yeah, and, they, and that's because <laughs> Sega has a way of seeing a Sonic game come out. The Sonic game does well, and then they go, this game did great, right? We made a lot of money. Let's never do that again. We're going to put Sonic <laughs> in a kitchen. And we're going to make him spin around really fast, and then, <laughs> I don't know, just cook something. Just like Sonic Kitchen, Sonic Sonic uh, Cooking. But Was that a joke in the decline of video game series? It kind of was, because that's generally what Sonic does. And like, think about it, like, there have been good Sonic games that have come out in the last, like, 15, 20 years, right? But they're never, like, one after the other. It's always, here's a great Sonic game, and, like, two to three stinkers. And here's a great Sonic game, here's some more stinkers. Like, we had Sonic Mania, right? Sonic Mania was pretty popular. It's clear that's what people want. This is and then the next game was Sonic Forces, which no one wanted. Nope. <laughs> game tanked. It's like... I mean, it's, it's funny how you, you say that, because it's like... I feel like Sega is alive and they're doing all these games and I feel like if like Data East or like any of the old like now defunct studios from the 90s that like died out after the N64 came out um, I feel like if any of them were around they'd be doing the same thing like there'd be like one like halfway decent game like a Joe and Mac and then everything else would be like Robocop the NES game which is terrible <laughs> man there goes the nightmares oh, can, can you imagine can you imagine bad dudes but like, but like Sonic Forces. <laughs> Are you bad enough dude to stop Doctor Robotnik? Yeah, you a bad enough be. dude to save President Trump? No, no, I am not. That'd be amazing. I'm gonna have a you, beer. You, you would ha I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get. That at all. <laughs> <laughs> a lot you can make with. Are you a bad enough dude to save President Trump? That's a lot. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is, me and my cyber sloth have got other things to do. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. The only way to win is not to play. <laughs> but man, like I, I definitely. Uh, I feel like would you guys say you're all generally into like Sonic games, like at least the earliest ones? Oh yeah, I've I've played the first Sonic game a lot. Yes, that was honestly that's a good game. I feel like the only hiccup was like I needed that spin dash. Once you touch, once you taste the spin dash, yeah, spin dash was a great addition. It's like I needed it back. They did. I think they retroactively did a Sonic one and they put the spin dash into it though. It was like it's handy. But like if you could think of it, if you if you could still remember, what would you say is probably your favorite Sonic zone, more or less? Great question. Yeah, uh, music wise, or it could be uh, uh, just fond memories of how it looked. I think that my favorite for just experience was probably Marble Gardens from yeah. uh, uh, is it Marble Garden? I figured it's that, so I, I've been a long time since I played it's but I want to say that that's something. Sonic 3 Honestly, it could be because they've recycled zones. Like, I think Marble Garden was the first one. That was the Marble Zone. But then in Sonic 3, there was, like, 
yeah. zone that just it's like oh, it is Marble Garden. You're right. Sonic Three was Marble Garden. Yeah. Yeah. See how it goes. I just confused myself. Yeah, but there the was the Marble the Zone, one. and then there was the Marble yeah. Garden Zone. Yeah, I love the Marble Zone in the first game. It was really neat. I, I always uh, really liked the uh, Chemical Plant Zone. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Both the, it's just the level designs and the uh, the music for sure. Yes. I bet you loved that in Sonic Mania then too, because they revived oh, yeah. it in a great way. Oh I yeah. I think Marble Zone was probably. I remember really enjoying that one, but as later on when I played Sonic like a couple of years ago, I really liked how the Starlight Zone looked. Mm, yes. Yeah, that was cool. Like the light highway, basically. It's a really cool stage. I was had a hard time when they switched over to, to 3D on the Dreamcast. It was just, it was so confusing for me. Um, I, I think I was just, you know, I was, I was like, I'm growing up. You can never go back. You know, like <laughs> the world is changing. And they're never going to make another 2D Sonic. And that's how it felt. And I felt a Thank- little upset about that. Thankfully, they remedied the living yeah. daylights out glad. of it. I'm glad. <laughs> All right, so I think we would have felt a lot better if mm-hmm. the uh, 3D Sonic games that came out for a while had been any good. But because they were such garbage, I think that was the real kicker. And the I thing is, like, I, feel like, I feel like a lot of it was less also, at least me, I was trying to make myself like them. Like... Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, I was like, these games are fun. I think Sega just needs to get down and master 3D more. Like, tighten it up so that Sonic isn't just, like, running off the screen because I can't keep up with him with the camera. And uh, I go back and play them now, and there's, like, maybe three or four levels I'll play enjoy and enjoy. Like, Green Forest from Sonic Adventure 2 is a big favorite of mine in, like, in that freaking cosmic crater at the end or whatever it's called. But Cannon Course for the look. But for the most part, they're just, they don't hold up. They don't stay in the test of time at all. They just burn out. Now, I feel like the 2D to 3D transition for a lot of games was, was... I wonder how much you could, like, make it the equivalent of going from, like, silent movies to talkies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, because there's a lot of actors who, you know, didn't have the greatest voices or, you know, they weren't they weren't trained um, to, um, to speak. You know, they were doing silent yeah. movies for so, so long. Like Mega Man. Yeah, yeah, Mega, yeah once Mega Man started talking, you know, he was like, okay, Dale, stop talking. <laughs> Please stop talking. And the feel of the side-scroller versus, like, the feel of a 3D game is totally different. Yes. Like, well, there was a lot they had to figure out with um, 3D platformers. And, and Nintendo really did the best they could and paved the way with, with Mario 64. Oh, they nailed it from the start. Yeah, so, um, so yeah. But, I mean, they, spent, they must have spent a lot of time trying to figure that out. Which is amazing, though. But, yeah, they took time figuring it out. But there was no, unless I'm forgetting a game, there wasn't a first release that just didn't do well and then they learned from their mistakes and now this great game came out. Mario was their first and it was spectacular. The amount of bus fare I spent to go to Toys R Us to play that game in the store. Now here's, a, <laughs> here's another game that has stood the test of time and this one is another pick from Gunblade X. This is from Shadow of the Colossus mm-hmm. for the PlayStation 2 composed by Kao Otani and this track is called Counterattack. And I love, I love when we pick Shadow of the Colossus tunes for the show because they're just epic. And that's the only word I'm going to use for them. <laughs> so this is Counterattack for the PlayStation 2, composed by Kau Utani.
That was Counterattack from Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation 2, composed by Kao Otani. That was an amazing pick. That, that's it was kind of a deep yeah. cut, uh, partly because when you think of dragons, you don't think about giant stone things, but that is very clearly a giant stone dragon that you are murdering with absolutely no consideration for its desire, and the fact that it literally does nothing to try and hurt you. You're like a parasite taking it down. I know. It's such a weird experience. That game is such an experience. Like, you just, you have one goal and you just work tirelessly and you work aggressively towards that goal but nothing stands in your way. It's, um, and then and then you feel a little bad about that. (laughs) Things happen. (laughs) And you feel pretty bad pretty quickly but you just keep doing it because, man, those boss fights or something oh, very yeah. high on my list for a game I really want to play. Yeah. You and me both, man. Wait, what? Uh, Wait, yeah, no. it, it's rare, but this is a game you right. knocked to the ground. I played, I fought one Colossus. All right, so, yeah. So we are going to have, on November 10th, we're going to have a, um, a charity event for Rhythm and Pixel. We're doing the Extra Life charity. Mm-hmm. And this has got to be part of that. It has to be early, though, because if I remember correctly, this game in between Colossi involves a lot of nothing going on. Well, we need to stay awake for this thing. <laughs> all, all I can think of then is the, the Penn & Teller uh, bus driving game. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Desert oh, bus. Man. Well, maybe is there like an open world game that we can just like just tool around in for a few hours? I'll probably have like a gajillion of those yeah. at home. That'd be kind of fun. Like, that's the most disturbing part about this whole thing. There are so many unplayed games sitting on my shelf that it could just be a matter of just, like, rouletting across the shelves. Like, Parnell's never played that. What is this? And then, like, an hour, like, why did we choose this horrible title? Like, choose. I bought it. Like, all I needed to know that, that the developer of Ico was on this one. And I said, yes. I was so excited. And this has a re-release, too. Like, a remastered kind of thing on the PS4. Yeah. Not, not yep. on the PS4. What, the PS4 got it, too? I, I think, knew about the PS3 version. I think I bought that. It was yeah, a think, combo of Ico and Shadow. I think just recently um, uh, it, it went out and came out on the PS4 too. So people like me who just didn't buy video games for a few years can <laughs> can pick it up. Oh, that makes me think. Did any of you guys try last? Go, get a chance to try Last Guardian? I haven't. No. I think I think we're a full house of non-guardians. No, no I am excited about that. But it just seems like it's going to end sad. And it, it's like that movie. If you see a movie where like the main character is has a dog and it's really important to that person you know that that dog's gonna die at the end and so you don't want to watch that movie because you don't want to cry hey now don't don't cut don't sell the dog short unless, the master could die unless it's john wick and the dog dies and so he kills everybody else in the movie yeah i mean <laughs> you're sure it's gonna be that one movie where the master dies and the dog goes on an epic quest to avenge his master that's true I mean, it could happen. I would watch that movie so hard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of fun. But it, it always ends up being like Marley and me. And even though like Owen Wilson's in it, you're still crying, even though you shouldn't be able to. <laughs> I, I just picked this mob boss in his office like, how are you all getting taken out by one Cocker Spaniel? This just makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> I'll handle this myself. I love that the guy comes back and he's like, uh, um, so where is he? Where's the Cocker Spaniel? And... Like, we can't, we can't get him, sir. Blam! And he shoots the guy. In the head. <laughs> He's too fast for Bring us. Me that cocker spaniel. <laughs> Bring him here with his tail between his legs. Yeah, like but like, uh, see, I would watch that movie. See, it needs to happen now. We need to get together a think tank here. We need to write that. We need to write it. Netflix will buy it. They'll buy anything. <laughs> we'll put it we'll on YouTube Premium. There we go. Yeah, they'll do anything. Everyone will thought, see it. Do you want people to see it? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. 
<laughs> Maybe we'll have to rethink this a little bit on our distribution chain. Yeah. All right. Yahoo screen. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I watched the last only other thing that's on the uh, CBS streaming. It's like you can watch Star Trek Discovery or the movie about the dog that assassinates people. Maybe that <laughs> well, that would sell me to looking into CBS streaming. I'll be honest, though. I think, I think in order to get the most amount of viewers on this movie, you have to name the movie The Dog That Assassinates People. <laughs> Bark with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah. Murder dog. Murder dog. <laughs> good boy. Yeah, this Assassin's go- Breed. Oh! Good boy. Oh, that's it! That is it! Assassin's Breed. Assassin's Breed. Let's lock it in. <laughs> We've got our title. Yeah. Oh my god, see, that's a gym. Other podcasts would berate you for that pun and ask you to leave the show, but we here at Rhythm and Pixels have much lower standards and we appreciate it. <laughs> we, we want more of Assassin's Breed. I'm and glad we want to provide some quality entertainment. <laughs> Alright, so we're going on to uh, my next track. This is from a, a Sega Mega Drive only game. It's called Dragon's Eye Plus Shanghai 3. And this is the main background music called Dragon's Eye. Um, and this is, it's not Mahjong, but it's kind of like a, a matching game you play with Mahjong pieces. The, mm. And the, um, the composer, all I have is the name of like the, the pseudonym, or maybe it's the band that they got to, to compose the music and then adapt it. It's called Your Rhythm, E-U-R-Y-T-H-M. So Your Rhythm. I, I, it kind of stuck out to me because I was like, "Ooh, the Arrhythmics," but it's it's not. It's <laughs> but it's for the uh, the Sega Mega Drive. This is Dragon's Eye Plus Shanghai Three. I'm hoping it came through on the other end because that bass is so deep. It's so good on this track. This is the main background music called Dragon's Eye from the game Dragon's Eye Plus Shanghai 3 for the Sega Mega Drive composed by Your Rhythm. 
Now I hear Eurythmics. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, I've been tainted. Uh, yeah, Eurythmics were big on the um, on FN synths and, and um, keyboards, and that's definitely what was inside the Sega Sega Genesis, Sega Mega Drive. It's just a Yamaha FN synthesizer. I tell you, man, growing up, I remember a lot of you know Shanghai games getting dropped on the Super Nintendo Genesis and whatnot. Never bought any because in my mind, I was like, it's just... Bunch of tiles. It is. And then later on, of course, I learned that I like Mahjong games. It just took until I was like a late teen, early adult. But uh, you hear music like this, and it makes me wonder what other gems have I been missing out on <laughs> in freaking Mahjong games? Yeah, that's what it, topics like this is what makes it really fun to um, to just sort of like I, I, you discover really interesting things if you just get a whole set of soundtracks from games you've never heard of before and just start listening through them. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have like a, a topic in mind. You kind of narrow that down, and this thing was like, "Whoa!" I like when I, when when a when a track has that kind of heavy snare drum that like goes from like a half time to a double time or something like that. It's just, I'm a sucker for that every time. It just pulls me in. So I don't know. I enjoy that. What do you think of that one? Was, I liked how it kept like it almost felt like it kept interrupting itself, which <laughs> made it really interesting. I think that my favorite thing about tracks like that is that. So with the Genesis, you could really tell when the composer understood what FM synthesis was, yes. how to use operators, and like, you know, very clearly some of those sounds, a lot of them sound like DX7 sounds, like this, the defaults that are on there. Um, but that isn't bad. Those sounds are great and sound good even today. Uh, so it's like, it, it's not like when you're listening to the Michael Jackson game, the, the Sega Genesis game that tries their absolute best and fails. Mm -hmm. But a game like this, you have a composer that's like, yeah, I can make some really cool sounds. I can Absolutely. make a varied soundtrack. Yeah, there are a number of composers that I look out for when I look at Genesis soundtracks, like um, uh, Matt Furness is definitely one of them. And... Um, Tomoko, uh, ta, uh, Tomoko Tamiya, and just there's just oh, there's a few. Oh, and of course Yuzo Koshiro, mm -hmm. and, um, Kasuo Hansawa. Um, there's just so many great composers who weren't just good at writing music, but they they understood how to play the instrument, um, and that made a huge difference on the Sega Genesis, where it wasn't like you're not picking like okay, this is going to be a flute. Like no, 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 this is going to be another keyboard. <laughs> If you ever want a show where you just nerd out about FM synthesis, you should have CJ back on. <laughs> <laughs> I am a bit obsessed with that sound. I found that my favorite Genesis composer for sounds uh, that I'd heard uh, for that was Tim Fallon, but only oh. because he did the one Time Tracks game that never got released. I, that's that I will say, I feel I will say as of now, between the Tim Fallon reference and the fact that you like FM synth, You'll probably get dragged back on it because that's like Rob's wheelhouse. Yeah, you're gonna come back. We, I, I was so obsessed. Yeah, we had another um, another enthusiast on the show, and that's all we we focused on. And that's amazing that you picked out Time Tracks. That was his only soundtrack on the Genesis, and it never came out. And it is, it's a masterpiece. It's just at insane. fifty hertz, it's amazing. It's Sixty is great, but fifty hertz is amazing. See, I don't even know what a Hertz is. I know what a Hertz potato chip is. That's about as far as I'm 50, going. 50 Hertz. After 50 Hertz potato chips. I need 50 more. <laughs> it's amazing. 50 more. Not 38. Not 42. Yeah. I do. I am curious about something. This is It came to mind when Rob picked his track. This is like a weird tangent, but this is how my brain works. No, that's cool. That's the show, so, that's the show for now. It really <laughs> So, like, I just pictured this poor guy who becomes really good at playing Shanghai games, and he just wishes that he could play Shanghai against other people, and then he goes out to this, this local schoolyard, oh, who wants to have a Mahjong or a Shanghai tournament? Yeah. The Shang what? 
get out of here, nerd. Didn't have time for that. So it got me thinking. Can you think of a game that you are legit good at and you love, but no one plays it? Like you'll never pretty much be able to have like a competitive run with it. Oh man. It's a loosey goosey, yeah. Uh, I I have no idea. Like uh, while you're thinking about <laughs> it, I can answer in advance, like buy some time a bit. Like for me, that game is likely Magical Drop Three. It is a puzzle game versus yes. game where the idea is you're taking balls that are falling from the top of the screen, you collect them by pulling them down to the bottom and then shuffling around the bottom and throwing them back no, up to no, the no. top and your, crashing. Your game is that, was that a dice rolling game, Bombastic? Oh, Devil Dice. Devil Dice. It's called like yes. XI or She or something. Shigo. Shigo. Oh, I, that game destroys my brain. I have no idea how that game works. I love it so much. I've had runs of, de well, for you, are you guys familiar with Devil Dice? Negative. No. So uh, Devil Dice uh, is a game that was originally created on the Neteros, which is a uh, it was like a saw some software that Sony put for the PlayStation where people could create their own video games. And apparently this game they liked it enough to actually make it an actual retail release. And the idea is that you are a little demon who runs around on the tops of dice, and as you step over, you flip the die. So you're trying to like roll the dice. To get the numbers on the top that you want them to be, and then you match them up. So like two twos, three threes, four fours, yeah, five fives, like, and six sixes. If there's four spaces in front of you, and you're standing on a six, do you roll it to the left and then forward in order to flip the the the, the, the number facing on the top to change? It's just, just counting dice. <laughs> a lot of dice uh, counting, uh -huh. and then when the dice connect, they sink into the floor. It's like this whole spatial reasoning thing that's like insane. I can never figure it out. I have no idea what game this actually was, but there was there was some 3D pinball game that I used to play that was like vaguely horror or demon themed, and I played a lot of that for a little while. I want to just call it like Carnival, the pinball game. <laughs> Carnival. That was a weird. I one. feel. I think that the one that I would, if it was like a little like. Not a game game, not a uh, like a RPG or something like that. But if it was a game like the ones you're talking about, they came out with when the Godzilla 2014 movie came out. Because I'm such a huge Godzilla fan. Speaking of dragons again, um, they came out with a Smash Three, which I guess is like a match three game or something like that mm -hmm. game. And I played that for, I played that until it was literally impossible to play without paying to win. Yes, that that's a sign of a good game, of a good mobile game. <laughs> Me and Cartoon Network Matchling. Yeah, I did that with. Um, with a golf game. It was called Golf Clash. Mm. And I was obsessed with it. And I just... And to stay competitive in these games, it's just you gotta shovel money into it at a certain point. And that's when I break. Like, no dice for you, buddy. Yeah, no way. Also, online, there was a SpongeBob game that involved making hamburgers. <laughs> <making laughs> Krabby Patties. And I got really good at it. And, like, you know, the first round, was they were all the same. It was, like, meat, lettuce, cheese, tomato. Then later on, it would get more complicated. Like, oh, no, this one doesn't have cheese. <laughs> no! What am I going to do? It breaks my oh, no. system. All right, they got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to start, like, eight hamburgers right now. And, like, I know that, like, these three will be done at this point. Like, even though I haven't gotten the order yet, and I can just add stuff, like, like Diner Dash. just as it comes in. Well, I've decided that you're banning to do a collective run of Overcooked. It's been decided. Yeah, if you've awesome. never heard of the game, you'll have to look it up. But Overcooked sounds like it'd be perfect, and you'd be running the kitchen. <laughs> all right, flip those burgers. Get the cheese out. But like, all go real on really well with our Super Metroid and 
Donkey Kong Country playthroughs. <laughs> I'm, I'm just oh, yeah. well now. I'm just imagining what's what's the game we played. Uh, we did it at Magfest where like everyone has a different department. Um, oh, Artemis. I'm like Artemis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, just yeah. imagining this kitchen game is like Artemis. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a station. <laughs> Whip the burgers. <laughs> For, for, what's your uh, last track? My finale? What's your, what's, what's your final uh, original game track? Well, I will say in a funny way that this inspired me to actually dig out a game that's been sitting on my shelf for months. I'm actually holding it right now. It's got oh my one God, of the, you actually brought it with you. Yes, because I <laughs> actually want to start playing it after hearing this track. It's been sitting on my shelf since release day. Okay. Uh... The track, that's also probably one of the weirdest game titles I've seen in ages. Yeah, when you sent it to me, I wasn't sure if it, like, what part of it was the title of the music or what part of it was <laughs> was the name of the game. The game's title is Seventh Dragon 3, code VFD. And the track title is called Battlefield UE77 and is composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Welcome back. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Battlefield UE77 from the game Seventh Dragon 3, code VFD, composed by Yuzo Koshiro, and man, that game has a weird title. But apparently it makes sense in the world of the game itself. Um, this is it a wacky JRPG? Sort of. It's a little world where humanity has been enslaved by dragon kind, apparently. Dragons have descended from the skies, and they run the world. So humanity has formed a series of corporations that funnel money into the Dragon Defense Force. And they all fight against the dragons, and in the version of this game, they are losing. So someone develops time travel, and they go back in time to a period when they could actually... I guess do some damage against them and it's an RPG it's a very strange concept of a game but what I'm hearing is someone has found my conspiracy theory YouTube (laughs) 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 that's what's happening (laughs) look around Purnell look around lizards (laughs) this is so weird (laughs) but like like, the the concept of this game is mind boggling to me but the gameplay looks really cool. I love the art style. And it's his Yuzo Koshiro at his modern day best. So for those who aren't too familiar with what he's been doing over the recent years, he's been heavily into oddly enough, a lot of some he's done some like some mobile games mm-hmm. and he's done like he was doing a lot of 3DS RPGs. Yeah, he like did, he did Seventh Dragons, yep. uh, he Etrian did Extreme Odyssey. Odyssey. Yep. And like all those games are very unlike what you'd expect if you're remembering him from like say Streets of Rage and such. Yeah, or even from like uh, the Falcom. Yeah, from the Falcom line. Oh yeah, right. Love it. But like I, this track hit me like a sack of hammers. I've this been listening sounds, to it like for the last two days. This sounds more like that because we played one from that arcade game Wangan Street Racer Five or something rather. Like that sounds a lot like that, where it's just like this super heavy synth, like. Base. And there's this like one, there's that one part towards the end where it's like, like almost like a soaring rocket. Yeah. It reminds me of something out of Cosmic Star Heroin, if you guys have heard of that. Mm. Saying like, if you have it, even if you don't play the game, the OST is pretty great. Um, Z, I think it's Zeboid Games. My brother was caught with Cosmic Star Heroin, and he went to jail for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must it's have an been. Epidemic, man. <laughs> it's all over the place. It's that Cosmic Star we're hunting it down. <laughs> oh my god, that was that was that was quality. Yeah, <laughs> I think of the iced tea comment that would proceed like they're calling it Cosmic Star. <laughs> that was perfect. I love. I still look at that as he came up recently again. I've been reading those again. So for people who are listening but didn't click with what he just said, um, there's that show. I guess it's Law and Order, right? Basically, yeah, yeah, one yeah. Of Law and Order. Yeah. Where um, basically Ice T is one of the detectives on the show, and every once in a while there'll be a moment where like uh, something will come up, like a drug or um, just like some like a gruesome some, murder or something. Or a gruesome murder. And he'll come out and be like he'll describe what he sees or what's going on, yeah, exactly. and it's like always outlandish and just bizarre. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a John Mulaney joke where he basically like, and he always acts surprised. And this has also become a meme. Like I just pulled one up randomly. It just they made him fight a newborn baby. Told him it was his own younger self, time traveling from the past, trying to take away his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. They are so great. I like as, as, as a meme loving human, I I recommend them highly to everyone. <laughs> they, they call it they call it Crimson Sky. Because oh, it falls from the sky and it's kind of red, but not cool. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Turns out that joint was laced with cat litter and soy sauce. Kids are calling it Brown Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> just, just picture him saying these things with a very serious expression 
in like a sense of concern. Like this is on the streets. It's on the streets. <laughs> they make these kids dress and act like robots. Messes them up so bad they think they're from the they future. Think they're from the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. These are amazing. I've never. Wow. Oh, how did I miss out on this? Well, now you found it, and you'll be gone for days. Because oh <laughs> it is a perfect, perfect oh, meme. It's so good. Guys, you have to get rid of everything this podcast has been about. It's just ice tea memes from here on out. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Rhythm and Pixels, the Ice Tea Memes Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, like- Ice T, and he is Ice Cube. <laughs> Together, we are one delicious drink. T and Cube. I, I like how in this scenario you're keeping the name Rhythm and Pixels though, and not going for an Ice T theme. You just stick to that real hard. No, no, no. <laughs> well, it's we rid- gotta keep the brand is running. It's Rhythm and Pixels, starring Arnold and Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ice T. He's lemonade. And I'm lemonade. <laughs> So that track was cool. <laughs> so there's, we do music sometimes. It's legit. <laughs> Let's talk but about it's mostly memes and FM synthesis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the lab found traces of cocaine and sourdough. They call it sweet chowder. <laughs> it's a drug soup from Baltimore. It's <laughs> from <laughs> Baltimore. It needs Old Bay. Yeah, it's Old Bay. Oh, he yeah, never has yeah. Old Bay in it. That's the secret ingredient. But he didn't pick up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, see, we're going to be watching, even long after this episode is done, this is going to be in our heads, just, yeah, I think so. Obeying it up. Alright, I'm going to turn this track down, and we're going to get to the part of the show that we call the bonus round. It involves a little bit of spice and lemony snickets. The kids on the street call it the bonus round. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I got nothing, but it was worth a try. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme, and when we have guests on specifically uh, bands on the show, we'd like to play music that they brought with us, So, or they brought to us. So who wants to um, introduce uh, the track from Gunblade X? Oh boy, this one's called Elemental Master from the same game of the same name on the Mega Drive, and it was Mark's pick because he wanted to do this, and it's the hardest track I've ever tried to put <laughs> Real quick though, I actually... Have a little bit of a story behind that, and it's funny. Like it kind of goes back to something you said earlier um, about just kind of listening to the soundtracks, game mm-hmm. team, and haven't even played or you know that kind of stuff. And I literally found the soundtrack by just going onto YouTube mm-hmm. and go uh, video game music and just finding what I could of just random like, lists. The uh, you know the just pat together long list of songs mm-hmm. pushed together into one YouTube video and like. I found this one track. It sounded really not, really cool. And then I dug out. Uh, I figured out what that track was. and figured out what game it was from and listened to the whole soundtrack. And was just loving it. And then so I passed it over to these guys, to the rest of the guys. And I was like, we got to do something from this. And, and it even went a little further than that. So our bassist went out and found a cartridge for the game <laughs> and has wow. played it. <laughs> and so... It's, it's, I don't know if CJ says it's difficult to do it, but it's, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's come out to be one of our uh, one of our best creations. So. It's probably it's probably the band favorite. Well, I mean that kind of lends itself to the fact, like he says, if it's a difficult track, but it ends up being your favorite track, that means you worked hard for that mess. It's worth the effort. It's just look what came out of this. Mm. You took a gem, or you took a block of coal and just like molded it into this shiny. Shiny rock. Well, let's listen to this. This is Elemental Master from the game Elemental at Master. This was originally composed <laughs> Ele- Elemental Master. Elemental Alabaster by Gumblade X. Mm-hmm. 
Washing over me Fear, anxiety Fight or flight response Cannot find the cause Find it hard to breathe Anger makes me see What is taking me over In the days of my youth No emotion was my king Now as I
Elemental Master from Gumblade X. Rise Dude. up from the ground, for you are no longer an elemental apprentice. <laughs> you are an elemental master, because and, um, holy pickle brine. That is great stuff. I was, thank you, thanks. thank you. Yes. I do um, have to ask, I am genuinely curious now. So when you wrote the lyrics, were they like inspired by the by the music itself? Or were you like, you know, I could throw some killer jams to this, some tunes to this. Let's just go with this. So when I originally wrote the lyrical concept for this song, I know nothing about the game. I know that it's essentially a top-down like shooter type game about with dragons and magic. And I'm like, okay, it's cool. But I listened to the music and I took the concept of an elemental master. And I thought to myself, well, how can I think about this allegorically? How can I create some sort of through line that gives me a lyrical concept? And I, I was going through, I, and it's like something at the time, I don't know, some sort of emotional upheaval. And I thought about how like elements, you know, we all try to control different things about ourselves. So emotions could be elements. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you try and control the fire within you, the, the water, you know, trying to keep yourself cool, the air and, and the earth, you know, all that stuff and create an allegory. So the elemental master concept becomes about controlling your emotions, but how you can't really do it. Your emotions mm -hmm. really control you and you have to kind of accept that. Oh, holy boy. I think you conveyed <laughs> it. I think between your words and his speaking them, and of course the entirety of, the crazy transitions that took place yeah. throughout that track. So, so what inspired the other uh, transitions? Was it the different different sections of the game music, or was it like, no, let's do something crazy here. No, let's do something crazy here. Well, the transitions were more about like, so there were, I, I kind of had to sit there and say, these are the only ones I'm going to do, because there's like four other tracks from that game yeah. that I really loved. But I had to sit there and say, what makes the most sense? What, what I had this, once I had like an idea of what I wanted it to be about. I had to place the songs in order that kind of created a narrative musically for me. So I listen to music a lot, uh, like maybe someone who listens to classical music does, um, where I'm not necessarily worried about what the words or something might say, but I try and mm -hmm. think, what does this make me feel? What is the imagery that this evokes? So I ask myself, what does this game music evoke in my mind? And each piece evoked a piece of that story so like the first part of it's very hopeful the second part of it has this sort of like all right i made a mistake but i'm good the chorus was super powerful and then the ending had this sort of like uh, almost like a sad like mournful feel to it so that really felt like it told the story i wanted yeah mm. yeah definitely definitely told the story and and um and mark like you had it wasn't like lyrics and then just you know guitar solo for four minutes you were going on on this track like you were going off on this track. I mean, like that for a full set, like a full set on stage. Do you have like warm ups that you do, or like uh, do you have like a regimen for your for your vocal cords? Uh, hydration is a big thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just uh, definitely got to keep myself hydrated in a, you know, throughout the day before a performance, and then uh, uh, just yeah, warm generally warming up a little bit before we get on before we go on. Just uh, I mean. Uh, nothing in particular that's new. Same kind of general vocal warm ups that everyone kind of does that, that that knows how to do vocal warm ups. That is, uh, mo <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> just up and down, up and up and down scale, up and down scales, and you know, just uh, keeping uh, keeping everything loose and yeah. shaking out the, any tenseness and. Also, alcohol helps your uh, helps loosen your vocal cords a bit. Usually a beard, <laughs> yeah. Usually a beard. 
that's to, a to help the, the vocal cords and, well, here's a and, question and the nerves you. a little bit. So here's a question, just to piggyback on what he just said. What is your favorite warm-up beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I like a lot of beer, although I do. I am. I don't know. It's it's hard to pick just one. Uh, what's the last on one you drank then? Night. Yeah, what's the one you're drinking right uh, now? The, the, the <laughs> last beer I drank is the one I'm drinking right now, which is the Sierra Nevada IPA. So There you go. Warm-up beer. Sierra Nevada IPA. In the background of this... In the background Hashtag of this not Skype sponsored. chat, you can you can see Mark's you can see Mark's sm- one of Mark's smaller bars. He's sitting at his larger bar. Oh, I see. And up there, there's a smaller bar, even smaller. That is awesome. Oh, so we're we're invading your uh, your space. I see. <laughs> well, when he's got that, when he got an awesome bar like that, he probably wants the space invaded. Got to show that sweet oh, stack yeah. off. Well, thank you for sharing that oh, yeah. track with us. That that was that was amazing stuff. And um, just to get the the very necessary plug in, or um, or Chris will get mad at us. Uh, yeah, that's off our new album called Dark Dragon King, which will be coming out next Saturday, um, October twentieth. Which actually, by the time this drops, it'll be this upcoming Saturday, uh, and we're gonna have a release show of that at the Wind Up Space. With I'm gonna try and get all of the other bands we're playing with, um, Terra and the Star Kids, X Hunters, and Rare Candy. Ooh, and if I'm lucky, I'm a tr- may try to get down there for that. Yeah, um, doors I believe are at eight o'clock. Um, yeah, sweet. Oh, go. Man. It'll be it'll be fun. We're we're playing the entire album uh, in order, which means that track will be first, um, which will be fun because it's definitely <laughs> the. It's not like it's super long, but it's probably the most marathony track we have as musicians. Where like it just goes and doesn't stop well you guys yeah, are trained like, professionals so this won't even be an issue <laughs> let's be honest yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make it look easy yeah <laughs> hopefully <laughs> play the guitar behind your head and just like drum with your shoes on from like, your sneakers <laughs> something random like that i don't know some of these parts are a little too hard to do the fun guitar tricks with i know that i've tried and i've hurt myself trying <laughs> <laughs> i need a doctor yeah yeah you can't you can't hurt yourself on stage because i'll need you for the rest of the set a metal doctor all right so coming up next on the show we have a track from um joshua morse and this is from Double Dragon 3, Dragon to the World in Japan. <laughs> uh, uh, it's called Jay Groove. I, I think that's the name of the track, but um, this is coming from Joshua Morris, who does like amazing um, like kind of smooth jazz covers along with like some really like heavy techno slash like uh, dubstep type stuff around Castlevania recently. But I love his jazzy stuff. So this one's from Double Dragon 3, arranged by Joshua Morse.
That was Double Dragon 3, Dragon to the World in Japan. That one's arranged by Joshua Morse. So yeah, definitely more on that funky groove, almost kind of like a house, like a, like an early 90s house house music type thing going on. Um, I'm a big right. fan of Joshua Morse, and I do, I do like Double Dragon. Um, you guys into beat-em-ups at all? Beat-em-ups. I used to play I used to play Double Dragon back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Double Dragon, of Rage. Double Dragon 3 I'm not super familiar with. Pernell, is that Genesis? Double Dragon 3 was the NES, and yes. it makes me hate myself. Okay, so it's it's got... <laughs> Pronounce got a history. <laughs> if you've never played Double Dragon Three, it is very, very mean. It is mm. probably the hardest of the classic Double Dragon games, and there is not a life system in this game. It is just a character system. You unlock characters as you progress through the game, and that character is a life. If you lose the character, they're gone for good. And if you're out of every character, just hang it up. Is this the first permadeath game? Wow. <laughs> Pretty much is. And you ultimately end up getting to a point where your last guy is like the guy from China and you're just belly flopping on everybody because that's like the most safe move you've got. That's insane. Such a brutal that, game. Yeah, I was about to say it sounds brutal. No, oh, man, uh-huh. yes. No, you can't just be like Final Fight where you just have like Hagar suplexing everybody and it's hilarious. <laughs> the police officer who spits out the nasty gum and then you just pick it up off the ground and eat it because that makes <laughs> sense. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh. Yeah, beat em ups always had some very weird concepts that they would throw in to make it try and make sense. It always ended with um, the bad guys were actually aliens the whole time, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying yeah. to think like the I still think the weirdest final boss was actually probably Final Fight from that style of game where it's like the man's in a wheelchair, but it's like a motorized yeah. wheelchair and he's got a crossbow. Quick, he's in a wheelchair. Beat him up. <laughs> like we can't well, he's got a crossbow and a hostage. I think the wheelchair gets kind of vetoed at that point as being a deterrent <laughs> to punching him in the face. Uh, Just saying. It's like, yeah, I'm, there was one there was another, like, it was an anti-drug game that was, like, I don't know, like, Narc or something like that that had the exact same boss. It was a dude in a wheelchair. It was, like, I don't know. It was exactly weird. And you're just like, what is it with people in wheelchairs fighting these big dudes who took out half of a city to get to them? Like, <laughs> and they're the hardest. They <laughs> and they're the hardest boss of the game. It turns out it's, like, one guy and, like, his mother was in a wheelchair and he, she was mean to him as a kid. He's like, I'm just going to get back at her. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a this is like a bona fide example of handicap no handy capable and I'm gonna show yeah. you with a crossbow. Yeah, way, way to humanize our villain, Capcom. <laughs> well, you gotta have to. Sometimes I think the best villains are the humanized ones. It's like, look here, you're not just a nameless monster that I need to take down. You are a monster with a name <laughs> that I might feel slightly guilty about beating up. But you did have a point on that one point of your manifesto, and I'm okay with that. But you're going down <laughs> because I need to get this high score. Look, I'm with you on cleaning up the streets, but did you have to do We're destroying the city and rebuilding it with better wheelchair ramps. <laughs> Quality wheelchair ramps. <laughs> and out of the ashes, ramps. <laughs> you knock him out the window and you're walking out with the with the girl and you say the day and people are like why did you do that did you see his reform policy this guy was going to send us some reform policy he had his set to go and you just had to go and beat him up didn't you you and your knuckles you and your knuckles all right Pranav, you got some different stuff for us for your track right yes sir I couldn't do an episode about dragons and not factor in dragon spirit. 
Mm. Which is a game that Assy has been chatting about a bit in like the in the rhythm and pixels like Discord. And in addition, I did play a bit of it on the NES back in the day. And this particular track was a remix that I kind of really ended up falling in love with. It is a remix of the Area 2 Volcano Jam. And it is composed by Frog 8-Bit. Frog Frog 8-Bit. Yes. Now that we've done practicing our metal growl vocals and our... Oh, this is just great. <laughs> you listen to the Area 2 Volcano theme on um, stage remix from the game Dragon Spirit, mm. composed arranged by Frog 8-Bit. I loved it. I loved it very much. <laughs> CJ had a very astute observation that said it was it had like a Power, was it a Power Rangers solo guitar run or... Yeah, the, the guitar sound 
was very reminiscent of not only the Power Rangers and SNES, but even the guitar that they used in the Power Rangers theme, the original one. Because it's uh, for a lot of it, it's not a real guitar; it's synthesized guitar. Nice. And this was this was some sweet, sweet jam. I love this music so much. Like. I have this habit where I'll be at work and I'll be like just perusing music throughout the day, like trying to decide what are we going to do for the episode? What are we going to do for the episode? And every once in a while, I'll get to a track that I love so much that it will just get looped over and over and over. And I feel really bad for my neighbor who probably gets bleed through. <laughs> he just has to hear, like, what's this? <laughs> it's like, a, like a, synth- a synthesized chainsaw running in his office. What's going on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That well, happens to me all the time, but I listen on headphones so my boss doesn't have to listen to the like 30-minute loop tracks that I always do. <laughs> <laughs> well, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to their Bandcamps, YouTubes, SoundClouds, websites, everywhere where you can get the music and support the artists. Thank you for joining us on episode 15-4 of Rhythm and Pixels um, Dragons with Gunblade X. And I think we got our, I think we got enough dragons in this episode to fill a dragon bowl. Um, or dragon vase. A, va- um, a trash can full of dragons. A dragon dumpster. A dumpster full of dragons. <laughs> One of those like dragon like pickup pods. Hey, what, 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 what's the plural name for dragons? Like 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 a gaggle of geese or a, a, a a murder of crows. What's, what's a dragon? daggle of dragon? Is it gaggle? Uh, it would probably be more like a uh, probably be more like a a, a, a hellstorm or something like that. <laughs> a maelstrom it can't be of good, dragons. Whatever it is, it can't be good. <laughs> yeah, it cannot be good. It's not pleasant. A it's, fraggle of dragons. It's like oh, <laughs> yeah. look at look at all those dragons overhead. Isn't that nice? <laughs> what was that old movie? A where fluffle. A fluffle. Yes. Let's just make it a fluffle of dragons. Oh, I'm making it up. I'm it's, deciding. It's plushy and dim and, and hot, burning. It's not like a litter of dragons. Um, Look at them block the sun. Are you talking about Albert Hitchcock's birds? No, 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 no. I was thinking of, there's that movie um, where like it's in the future where dragons have like destroyed the earth and, and all the people are living kind of underground. That was a that movie was with that plot? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about, CJ? Wasn't that a... I, I wasn't don't, that, but I feel like I've seen it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was just the plot of one of the games that uh, you guys played from. Oh, the that's really what I was about title. to say. The Seven Dragon. Yeah, Seven yeah. Dragon 3. Code VFD. It. It's real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll link it on our website. It's 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 so bad it's good. Turns out we've, well, just, we've just uncovered a conspiracy <laughs> and Seventh Dragon was actually based on that movie. And they kept it a secret. <laughs> We're, we're secretly enthusiasts of U.S. you know grindcore films or or grindhouse cinema. This <laughs> is apparently what this movie I don't yeah, know it was, is about. Yeah, is I, from. It was a lot of really bad CG dragons and people just getting eaten. <laughs> so I'm watching going like, like, in the episode is going like this is going to release on Monday and he's going like, oh here it is. Speaking of which, I found it. It's called Dragon Buffet. Like right. dragon buffet. a buffet of dragons, <laughs> a buffet for dragons, and it's just people. Um, so before we sign out, um, I know you guys plugged your um, your album and your next your next uh, your next play, your next date that you're playing out. But yeah. could, could you maybe uh, repeat it one more time for the audience? Absolutely, please do. Um, so 
So yeah, our new album, Dark Dragon King, which uh, Elemental Master is on, will drop on October 20th. Um, we're going to have a release show at the Wind Up Space on the same day. Uh, doors are at 8 p.m. Other bands that are playing, uh, Terra and the Star Kids, X Hunters, Rare Candy, and of course us. Um, I suppose it's also worth mentioning real quick that this is the first time we've played this music for anyone outside of the band, you know, oh. other than like friends and whatnot. So this was this was the premiere of Elemental Master. Oh wow! Oh yeah. So you, you heard it here. You heard it here first. Exclusive. <laughs> Exclusive <laughs> for one week. <laughs> yeah, Saturday, October twentieth. It'll be it'll be awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. We really appreciate that. Um, and a little, a few more things going on with the Rhythm and Pixels group. You can see us at um, Thy Geekdom Con in um, November 3rd at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. And we'll be uh, performing, performing, we'll be performing the podcast at 7 p.m. Um, at Thy Geekdom Con. So come check it out. We'll um, be talking very loudly in a room. Yes, very loudly, playing music very loudly. We'll be dancing and singing and Eating trying potato to chips. get as much attention as possible. There's going to be a lot of potato chips. Come say hi. We'll give you a potato, potato chip. Don't say it too loudly. <laughs> I'm only going to bring a few bags. I'm not loaded here. I'm not made of money or potatoes. <laughs> so you can see us there. Um, or if you want to say hi to us, if you have a uh, track suggestions or topic suggestions, or if you're um, an artist or you're in a band, um, come say hi to us. Send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com and uh, go to, if you would like a full track listing of, of our show, access to all of the episodes, and links to everything else that we're doing, check out the website rhythmandpixels.com um, and you can see us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places it's rhythm and pixels, all one word you can say hi to us there and we will wave back promise <laughs> And uh, sometimes with both hands with both hands um, and if you want to support the show, um, all you got to do is just share it. Share it with people you know. Um, or if, you know, if you're up for it, go ahead and click that subscribe button on iTunes. That helps other people find the show. You can also go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels, and we always appreciate your support there. Um, at the end of every episode, we like to thank all of our Patreon subscribers, um, which is now taking up more and more time of our show. So we like to thank Brian Kunkel, Alex the Messenger Messenger, Bobby Arson, Cameron Worma, thank you so much. Uh, Christopher Shenstrom, Damian Beckles, Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast, Henrik Anderson of the excellent, excellent Camouflage Commodore 64 podcast, Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound version podcast, Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray. <laughs> I love that that's become consistent. Yeah, it's I want to thank Soulless Sanctuary. Thank you so much for the, the kind words and, and for um, correcting my pronunciation of Titus. <laughs> and uh, Joe Vassallo, Chris Steenerson, and David Smith. Um, thank you all so much for your support of the show. Um, every money, every dollar that goes into Patreon goes back into the equipment, goes into us going to different conventions and goofing off and just goes back into the show. Just genuinely thank you very much for all of your help. And then a week later after Thy Geekdom Con, November 10th, you can, um, we're probably going to be streaming some of it, if not most of it, um, the Extra Life um, 24-hour charity video game madness, where Purnell um, stays up late and I fall asleep on his lap. Well, I gotta be able to play the game! That's not <laughs> happening! I gotta be able to focus and play my game! We're gonna have to um, be really silly that whole time, so we'll, we'll try to stream most of it. And um, that's all I've got. You got anything else, Purnell? Oh, I will say... 
I need, we need to actually share the link on the site, which we'll probably do by the time this comes up. Yeah. Have to type some descriptions and stuff. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have some links out by the time this episode is released. But by the when you if you end up doing a donation, whatever it ends up being, by all means, follow up with a potential suggestion of a game to play during the stream because I can dig up a ton of games to play. That's not a problem. But part of the fun is other people giving me games. Hopefully not to suffer through. Yes, no, or suffer through. I think that's, that's going to be fine. That, that's not go nuts. We can, <laughs> I mean, we're, we can have some fun with this thing. Uh, da, da. <laughs> like uh, like earlier, Noah mentioned Desert Bus. Let us let us not get twenty <laughs> suggestions for Desert Bus. I like I like living. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> How about Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the NES? No, the Game Boy. We'll play through that for the Game Boy. You'll play that one. <laughs> Well, anyway, you've been listening to the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. I want to thanks thanks again to Gumblade X. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was great. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. And remember, today, well, not today of the release of the show, but the day of recording, is National Come Out Day. What that means to me, hey, feel as though you need to share something with others or with yourself bring it out man woman person just be happy exist and those who love you and those that matter won't mind because it's all about that bond you share with those that care about you everybody else can get bent because i don't know what they're doing because we love you because we love you exactly and also dragons because dragons are freaking awesome (laughs) if you do come out as a dragon though i really don't know what to say about that but hey as long as you're happy